the one who knocks. Pop, pop. Oh, no. <laughs> Why don't you do something with your life? You contribute nothing to society. Good morning, Vietnam! Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? You know my code. Hose before bros. You can't handle the truth. Guys, your girlfriend. Woof. Nobody calls me mad dog. Especially not some dooted up egg sucking gutter trash. Hello and welcome to my first time in the podcast all about the gaps in our pop culture resume. Each episode is our panel sits down to debate, dispute, and discuss a much-loved classic. They'll be joined by the first-timer, someone who's never before experienced that cultural icon. Will they see what the fuss is or just be left wondering, what the hell was that? My name is Dan, and I'm joined each and every week by Eden. Hello there. Eden. Catchphrase. And this week, strange things are afoot at the Circle K as we dive into the pages of history with Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, accompanied by... Contemporary dancer, Ellen Avery. Ellen, welcome. Thank you, thank you. Well, uh, as we always like to do when uh, we we start these podcasts with a guest, tell us a little bit about uh, why you think you have never previously seen Bill and Ted. Well, probably partly I was one when it was made, so as a new release I would have had very little interest in that type of film. Sure. Um, Second of all, I think... It was in a different kind of zone than my my zone when I grew up, which was... You that know, sounds like... very snooty already. I feel like <laughs> you're going to come at this with a real air of snobbery. <laughs> True or false, you'd never heard of it till this week. I'd never heard of it till this week. Never amazing. heard of it? That's never amazing. heard of it. It's a cult classic. A different zone, Dan. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, yeah, Bill and Sam, sure, I, I don't think I've seen that. Tell me what you mean by different zone. What zone were you in growing up? What zone are you in now? And why is Bill and Ted not in any of those zones? I was probably in more of a historical fiction dress This up is, with my what friends. do you mean? This is historical fiction. <laughs> Literally you just historical two fiction. Two words that can describe Bill and without, Ted. <laughs> without the time travel factor. Um, yeah. A so, little more realistic historical fiction. So perhaps. no Doctor Who Excuse for you. Excuse me? No. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no Doctor Who. How dare you say this wasn't realistic? <laughs> yeah, I, I just I never heard of it. None of my friends like it. Although I did talk about it at work today and several people were shocked that I'd never heard of it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. see? So it, it seems that I really have missed something important here with this particular <laughs> I have film. my own theory about why you didn't see it growing up. As a homeschool child, <laughs> were you not allowed to watch any movies that contained high schools? <laughs> Actually, I did watch a few that contained high schools. <laughs> wait, wait. All right, so there's, there's so many things I want to delve into here. So you were homeschooled. I was homeschooled. But you've gone on to become a teacher. The irony is not lost on me. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah, and, no, I, I just and thought that needed to be Both my parents are teachers and... My brother is a teacher. So they believe in the teaching system, we, just not for their own. We believe in the teaching in general, yes. Yeah. People should be taught. <laughs> and but I where believe that they is kept debatable. you bubbled from any movies or Well, I definitely <laughs> wasn't allowed schools. to watch The Simpsons. Oh, fast Ooh. time it's in. Lots of school in The Simpsons. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Maybe you're right. I never saw the thread before, but 
It seems like it's there. <laughs> all right, before we continue, uh, something we like to do with all our guests is just to let our regular listeners get to know uh, a little bit about you, basically to see whether they should put any stock in your judgments uh, by getting you to make a whole bunch of quick judgments and then judging your judgments. Are you following? Good. Following, yeah. All right, so <laughs> I'm going to say 10 short uh, phrases or words to you. Just give me a quick yes or no, no explanations, no maybes. Pop-Tarts. Yes. Mark Holden. No. Carl Stefanovic. No. James Bond. Yes. Back to the Future. Yes. Dubstep. No. Drake. Yes. Tattoos. Yes. NBA. No. Instant Scratchies. No. Oh, what? <laughs> Even the really good ones with, like, the crosswords on them? No, no they get under my nails and I never have coins. Yeah. <laughs> You hesitated on Back to the Future. I was a little nervous there. I knew that would trip you two up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard because, like, it's really the same genre, I suppose, of film as this one. (laughs) No, no, no. I I would have to. Even triggered. Yeah. I would agree. I I would agree. I just felt like they both involved time machines and unrealistic plots. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, like, inside Eden's head right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Well, if you are listening at home and like our guest Ellen, have never even previously heard of Bill and Ted uh, before spying this podcast, uh, let's do a little bit of a recap about what Bill and Ted is for you. It's the film that thrust antiquated adjectives into the teen vernacular in a most non-heinous way. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure tells the story of Bill S. Preston Esquire and Ted Theodore Logan, two Cali dude slackers just trying to scrape through high school so they can focus on their heavy metal band, Wild Stallions. Problem is, Ted, played by Keanu Reeves in perhaps the most Keanu Reeves role ever, is going to be shipped off to military college in Alaska by his hard-ass police detective father which is bad news for the Wild Stallions, but even worse news for mankind as we know it. Now, stick with me here if you've never seen the movie. You see, the music of the Wild Stallions is what saves the future of humanity. Their music goes on to end war and poverty and usher the world into a new era of peace and prosperity. That's why a man known only as Rufus must travel back in time from the future to prevent Bill and Ted from failing history. To do that, he arms our titular duo with a phone box time machine so they can travel throughout history, essentially kidnapping important historical figures so they can feature in Bill and Ted's make-or-break final assessment, an oral speech presentation. And that's basically the movie. Bill and Ted pinch a bunch of famous historical icons, Socrates, Billy the Kid, Joan of Arc, Napoleon, Genghis Khan, Beethoven, Sigmund Freud and Abraham Lincoln. The historical figures dutifully save the day by appearing in the boys' history oral and the future of humanity is saved! Bill and Ted was a reasonable success at the time, spawning a sequel, a cartoon series, and even Bill and Ted's excellent serial. Even so, Bill and Ted feels like one of those slow-burning cult classics whose gradual legacy has far outweighed its initial impact over the years as impressionable teenagers from multiple generations have embraced the movie, mimicking the character's stoner style of talking and love of unusual vernacular. Our first timer today is no impressionable teenager, though. So, Ellen, what did you think of Bill and Ted's excellent adventure? Is it a bodacious ride through the annals of time or a most bogus trip best left in the past? Are those my two options? 
<laughs> yep, we've got a uh, black yeah. and white here All on right. the podcast. I'm going to have to go with Bogus Trip. Get oh. out! Oh. Get out of my studio! <laughs> so much triggering about yeah. <laughs> time travel movies already. <laughs> Bogus. Mm, didn't love it. Oh, tell us, t- tell us what you, uh, you but, what your biggest but, problem but, was. But, but if I'd watched it when I was fourteen, yeah, I probably would have loved it. Okay, and I think then I would not understand anyone who didn't like it. Yeah, I did have this feeling watching it too that this is one of those movies very dependent on the moment in time that you watch it, the age you are when you first experience it. Yeah. How old were you when you saw it, Eden? Oh, I can't remember, but I was young. Uh, I would have been probably either early high school or late primary school, um, but ha- I don't. I've only seen it twice. Uh, no, sorry, three times now that now. we've watched it uh, at the cinema. Um, but like, yeah, saw it once and loved it. Saw it again uh, four or so years ago, and yeah, and now just now the time the other week. So you you loved it the first time you saw it. Loved it. When you saw it again four years ago as an adult man, what was your feelings about it then? Uh, Wait, whoa, whoa, that's presumptuous to say that he's an adult man. That is very true, actually. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I still liked it a lot, but I could think I could just see a few more problems with it. But it didn't matter. Some because cracks. Some cracks started to Shimmering form. up between and, the shiny and seeing surface. It, when did we see it? On... Yeah, let's explain your uh, we saw it at the cinema comment. Yeah, uh, we yeah. saw it at one of those sort of cult classic screenings. Yeah. Where, yeah. At a metro cinema. So, yeah, it was, it was interesting to see it on the big screen. And yeah. third time, has it gone down a little bit each viewing? It went down in that I started sort of watching it going, oh, my God, this is actually... There are some, actu- there are some horrible things about this movie, like the women being used as basically just sex objects. <laughs> How... <laughs> I'm Can you defend that statement, please, chop- dirty old man of the podcast? I'm chomping at the bit for my turn. <laughs> you're, and you're I'm, trying, go. I'm trying to wait patiently. Now you're on. <laughs> defend. How dare you? Oh, I'm sorry. But... That were the medieval times that those women <laughs> were princesses. The medieval time, that were, they were found in the medieval times, but then they were brought to the present mm-hmm. and Rufus, an enlightened man from the future, yeah. has brought them as essentially prizes... <laughs> To give to Bill and Ted, they wanted to come. They wanted to come because they didn't want to marry the royal ugly dude. That is true. And like the thing, like, but were they given a choice? It still feels like they were sort of served on a platter to Bill and Ted. They were invited into the band as equals. No, no, no. Not equals. This occurred to me too, because late in the movie, uh, the the princesses that they meet while traveling through medieval history are brought into you know, present-day California in the world of the movie. 1988. And announced as being important band members. But when Rufus gets uh, the boys to sign their CD cover, are the princesses on the CD cover? No. Only Bill and Ted. So not equal band members, Aiden. But he does ask them to sign as well. True. A token gesture. (laughs) Because <laughs> they're just standing there awkwardly It's yeah. sort of like Have when you give, give a friend a hug And there's do. a semi-friend next to them yeah. And you're like, oh, I guess we're hugging as well yeah. Gross <laughs> Yeah, so there were little things like that That I was picking up on a lot more This final watching Or not final, I shouldn't yeah. say <laughs> Hashtag Me Too never happened in the world of this movie, did yeah. it? Yeah, yeah And like, I, I 
I came out of the cinema still thinking, I like this movie. I'm, I am a fan still. And I got a little misty-eyed at the very end when, like, all of the... <laughs> I'll, I'll go... And, you know, when they're bringing all of the different historical figures out and they're doing their bit, I was like, this is a nice scene. Exactly. But there are some problems. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ellen, we've heard a problem from Eden. I want you to give me a, uh, some more uh, understanding of what you found problematic about Bill and Ted. Well, the most obvious example for me was when they were trying to find... Um, the dad's keys at the end. <laughs> and then they were talking about how they went back. They said they should go back after their presentation mm-hmm. and put the keys somewhere so that then they'd be there. And then they were there. Mm-hmm. And I just felt something about that wasn't quite right. <laughs> chronologically speaking. Well, there would have been a split in the time continuum. So at <laughs> yep, some point, so unseen <laughs> in the movie, they have gone back in time. <laughs> And they've put the keys there, so in the present, they're there. Except they were talking about it like they would do it in the future. Yeah. Yeah, so they were going to do it after the presentation yeah. and go back and put Which them there. Which we assume they did because otherwise the keys wouldn't have been there. But we yeah. just didn't Yeah, I didn't it, buy yeah. it. I wasn't into it. <laughs> I think it's meant to be a bit deliberately cheap. Like it's a bit of a riff on, you know. Totally. Time yeah. travel. And I think... Like, I, I kind of enjoyed those bits because it doesn't take itself at all seriously compared to other time travel movies that would be concerned about the paradox. Yeah, it's yeah. obvious they weren't concerned about that at all. No. <laughs> but um, also I think uh, the the way they were able to transform and get their historical figures to work together so remarkably well was astounding. <laughs> like Genghis Khan, is that who it was? Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, he was really amiable, wasn't he? Yeah. By the, the end. end there, apart from the incident in the sports store. Yeah, but when you go on a road trip, um, you it b- binds you together. And they were on a road trip through history. Um, yeah, exactly. Speaking and of that really was obvious. Those it? historical <laughs> figures, and this sort of gets more what one well, maybe one of those things that you were talking about, Ian, that just feels a touch askew uh, in, t- in our <laughs> our era of time. Is that uh, it? Seems to be a very Anglo-friendly bunch of historical figures. Yeah. And the more American you are, the more useful and seemingly intelligent you are. And the more, let's just say, French or Mongolian you are, the more idiotic you are. (laughs) You ditched Napoleon? Deacon, do you realise you have stranded one of Europe's greatest leaders in San Dimas? He was a dick. That's probably true. I can agree with you there. <laughs> Genghis Khan is treated like he's a rabid child. It's a pretty racist stereotype of what of who was a, a significant leader in world yeah. history. And like Napoleon. he's literally a barbarian in this. Yeah, yeah. yeah and uh, Napoleon, I feel like that actually unfortunately fits with many people's uh, view of French people currently. Mm. But um, you, what's your current view of French people? That they're not uh, no, ice cream I, I, loving, I water them. slide loving. <laughs> No, but I don't. I think I'm not talking I think about you're that. Missing, I think you're missing missing the subtleties of the film. Like he loved the water slides because he it was in the Battle of Waterloo. Like it was it was a clever sort of. No, no, I, I think I got that might that have... subtlety. Okay, okay, <laughs> just, just making sure. Just making I, sure. I say subtlety with I inverted. I thought, <laughs> not inverted. I thought it was very clever. Marks. Okay, yeah. I think the other super creepy character, well, she was made to be really weird, was the stepmother. Missy. Oh, Missy. Yeah, that was... That was bad. Real That's bad. an interesting decision, because the film doesn't really need a creepy stepmom situation. I don't know why they went with that. I thought it was funny when I was, like, 15. Yeah. 
So, like, for if you haven't seen, just describe that situation a little bit more, Ellen. Well, I guess she was an older student that yeah. the boys had gone to school with. She well, was like, they say, I think, ahead, yeah, she? they say that like she was a senior when they were freshmen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so a few years older, and she has since gotten married to Bill. Bill's father. Correct. So How can you not remember Bill and Ted for the distinct, <laughs> clearly... There's <laughs> two main characters. The film's named after them. They are incredibly the yep, same. So let's say, oh, yeah, there's no let's way to say tell Bill's dad. Yeah. Bill's dad. And so he now is uh, encouraged to call her mom, which is really touching, but also adds to the creepy. Yeah. So she basically seems to be his little maid. Doesn't she? Yeah. She kind of does what no, no, he no. needs her to do. No, no, no. She encourages that he has to do all his jobs until she'll drive him anywhere. So he's. I didn't say clink- she didn't have standards, but <laughs> well, I just I don't feel like maid is you know. It's a bit... He's this... like, mom, drive us around, and she's like, okay, and she gets in a little station wagon and drives him in all his historical figures. Hi guys. Hi Missy. I mean mom. Uh, Miss Preston, we'd like you to meet some of our. Friends. Yeah, this is uh Dave Beath Oven. Ah, she seems so sure, madam. And uh <laughs> Maxine of Arc, Missy, Herman the Kid, Bob Genghis Khan, Socrates Johnson, <laughs> De- Dennis Frude, and uh uh Abraham Lincoln. The creepiest part of that to me is that sort of gross bit where uh, Bill's dad and Missy are clearly going to have sex in Bill's bedroom. <laughs> yeah, and, and he kicks them out. Yeah, that's that's that bit was really weird. Yeah, for me too. quite jarring. Yeah. <laughs> now your dad's going for it in your own room. <laughs> Shut up, Ted. Your stepmom is cute, though. Shut up, Ted. Remember when I asked her to the prom? Shut up, Ted! Yeah. Why do you all look at me? <laughs> oh, I assume that's probably your favourite bit of the movie. <laughs> oh, oh. All right. I, think, I don't think we've actually discussed it, but it's been pr- fairly established that I do love this film. I have seen it um, we're probably up to about 20 times. I own it on wow. DVD, uh, along with the sequel, along with the cartoon series. I saw this, I reckon I was roughly 10-ish. It was like later primary school. And fell in love with this film and and I distinctively remember getting put into tension at high school because I carved into the table Wild Stallion's Rule oh, with a giant dragon going across the table <laughs> Wow! that I had um, uh, Tremendous. You created. deserved attention. Yeah. Did yeah. you used to get around in high school with strange cut-off sweatshirt t-shirts? I had a very similar Inside haircut out. to Ted. Long mop brown hair, yeah. and uh, dude was not uncommon in my vocabulary of the time. <laughs> I love this film, and I will defend it to the hills. I oh, I do like the film. Yeah. I got I got to come out swinging. I do like the film. Hmm. It's not that funny though. Like it's not got many laugh out loud moments. Well, yeah. it's a PG film. Like it is targeted at kids. So I think, you know, some of the slapstick type stuff, we just don't find funny. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I enjoy the time travel sequences. I really love the sequence when they take all of the historical figures to the mall. 
Uh, because the, yeah. the, the, the project that they have to do is to pick these historical figures and to say what they think these historical figures would think of San Dimas, the Californian city they live in. So, you know, it makes sense. that They take the figures to the mall. They're all experienced. And, and it's just great. You've got Joan of Arc running the workout session. You've got Beethoven <laughs> going nuts oh, on keyboards. A, that is wicked, that scene. Uh, Ellen, yeah. as you alluded to, uh, Genghis Khan goes nuts in a sporting, gorse, uh, <laughs> sporting store. And basically just, yeah, like totally smashes apart a, a, a dummy with a baseball bat. So it's, it's, it's got its charm. Billy the Kid and Socrates trying to pick up a couple of... Actually, I that's think, another I think slightly so creepy crates. scene. Socrates. Socrates. So 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 mm. oh, sorry, before I ask you that question, that is another creepy scene. That, you know, that sort of 50-year-old Socrates thinking he might be able to pick up a 15-year-old girl at the American yeah. Mall. But a little bit Greek as well, maybe. <laughs> maybe not an age thing. <laughs> True. Did you enjoy the humour of the uh, minced, mispronounced names? Yes, I did. <laughs> Let's go through them. What are they all? Well, Socrates. Socrates. Yeah. Uh, Sigmund Freud. Fruid. Fruid. Yeah, they butchered that. <laughs> oh, Fruid dude. Yeah. Fruid dude. Beethoven Be- had the best Beethoven. one. Beethoven. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Beethoven's great. And Joan of Arc, um, of course, Noah's wife. Oh, Noah's yeah. wife, yeah. That one's pretty cringe even <laughs> for the time period, I reckon. <laughs> Who's your favourite of the historical figures that they... Uh, which one appealed to you the most as a winning portrayal? Hmm. I think... I think I did like um, Socrates because of his the way he was forced to communicate with, you know, actions and body language due to the language barrier. Um, he seems he, sort of he cuddly seemed, and he lovable, doesn't he? He seemed like a happy he? guy. Yeah. 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 He seemed like he was loving life, whatever he was doing. Socrates. Hey, we know that name. Yeah. Hey, look him up. Oh, it's under Socrates. Oh, yeah. Socrates. The only true wisdom consists in knowing that you know nothing. That's us, dude. Oh, yeah. Let's bag him. Yeah. Bill or Ted? <laughs> well, if I can remember which one's which. Bill, be Bill is, uh, is curly blonde. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm a Ted fan. Come on. Eden? I'm, I think I'm a Ted fan. <laughs> I'm a Ted man. Oh, oh come on, man. <laughs> I'm a Bill fan. Nice. I think Bill Bill always struck me as the as if I was to watch I reckon if you were to watch it in a bubble, I think you'd be surprised at the great discrepancy between their careers. I think Bill is a a more rounded character and probably a more sympathetic character. He definitely had a better vocabulary. Well, I yeah. think I think Bill is more the brains He's and the brains, Ted yeah. is more the heart. Maybe. I do wonder whether the preference for Bill, because I did send this out on a, as a poll on Instagram, and Bill was predominantly uh, the p- one that people voted for. No, sorry, Ted was yeah. the one people voted for. It's Keanu Reeves. I do wonder, it's because it's, you know he's Keanu Reeves. Yeah, I think And so. that has an extra appeal because here's this really stupid teen movie where uh, a very, you know, significant actor arises out of. Yeah. So maybe that's why people. Yeah, I stand like by what I said tech. earlier, Dan. I think it's his knit inside-out cropped top that puts people off. <laughs> off <laughs> Bill. Yeah, it's too much belly. Yeah, but he had abs. It, it's no. Still too. Who much. would you it's be? Who would you have been the most attracted to as a fifteen-year-old? Oh, definitely Ted. Hundred uh, percent. It's probably still true. 
People hate curls, don't they? Girl. <laughs> the, old, the old saying, curls get the girls, is not true at all. Nah, they just it? get nits. You, yeah, you need longer curls than that, I think. <laughs> Greetings, my excellent friend. Do you know when the Mongols ruled China? Wow. Perhaps we could ask them. I thought that George Carlin was great. <laughs> I like George Carlin. That's a strange little bit in this. So Rufus, the guy that comes from the future, is George Carlin. Like, yeah. A very, like, a stand-up comic, yeah. but a kind of a serious one at the same time, right? Yeah, and kind of like I feel like the character, the character seems like the kind of character that he would play in stand-up, kind of bit political, a little bit like, you know, this is how we save the world. Um, I really enjoyed that. I like George Carlin. Yeah, it's a shame. Like, I, I, we haven't talked about it yet, but one of the reasons that I guess uh, Bill and Ted is getting talked about and maybe being played in a as a cult classic in a cinema this year is that Bill and Ted 3 has been announced. It's such yeah. a shame that he's not around to be yeah. Rufus. Was he? Was Rufus in the second one? Yes. Focus Advent? Focus yes. Journey? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because that also had William Sadler in it as Death, right? Oh, Death is the best bit of that sequel. That's good. The other interesting casting choice in that it's a film very much that is a celebration of rock and roll. Rock and roll uh, saves the world. Is that they cast one of the lead uh, songwriters and the guitarist from the band The Go-Go's who had a big hit with They Got the Beat. You You might know that song. Might drop a little bit of it in here for you at home. It's in like Fast Times at Ridgemont High. They were a pretty big sort of yeah, girl band. Right. So yeah, she got cast as uh, Joan of Arc. And I sort of thought that maybe they would have cast more like yeah. people that, you know, you could have cast some sort of older rock and roll guy. Oh, you as could Beethoven definitely could have had, yeah. And maybe even Socrates. But no, I, I looked it up. They're all just regular. Well, and the acting requirements weren't that high. So they could have had some untrained people in there, I think, with no problems. I don't even think Beethoven said anything the whole movie, did he? Yeah. I don't think so. He does in a different language, though. Oh, does he? Yeah. Mm. Could be German. Well, Beethoven... Oh, this is going to be one of those moments where you guys all laugh at me because I say something stupid. <laughs> yeah, but here we, we go. <laughs> Beethoven was deaf, wasn't he? Correct. So maybe he actually doesn't <laughs> speak at all in the film because he was also mute? I don't think he was mute because didn't he go he, deaf during his he life? He went deaf during in his, his life, childhood. Yeah. Okay, but Early childhood. Oh, that was a very learned... You have a look about you like you know your Beethoven. Well, I feel like my mum made me listen to this classical music. Oh, all right, so the point, the point, of, point of all of this, though, is that I wasn't stupid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and he, maybe he didn't really say too much apart from grunts and nods and stuff. Aiden, I wanted to ask you, yeah. as a Doctor Who fan, yeah. um, do you take umbrage or issue with the fact that he travels around in a telephone booth in Doctor Who and Bill and Ted travel around in a telephone booth, which was made a long time after Doctor Who, really? Doctor Who started in the 60s, didn't it? That's right, yeah, 63, I think. Yep. Uh, and Bill and Ted was 89? 88. 88? 88. 88. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Uh, no, I have none at all. Like I, th- I think they're both completely different things. I mean, the Doctor's uh, spaceship, the TARDIS, is a time and relative dimension in space. It's a, so a whole different dimension, and it's a spaceship. It doesn't just chi- uh, time travel. Uh, the phone booth is kind of like a bit more of a like 1980s creation that sort of uh, 
you know, time machine in your garage sort of feel. So I think there's a, some, some significant differences there. Because in the original script for the film, what? it was a, uh, a wagon. And well, that does sound a bit uh, Back to the Future-y. <laughs> they changed it last minute because of Back to the Future. Really? Uh, and that's why Misty or, uh, is driving around. the That wagon was originally meant to be the time machine. <laughs> Uh, and instead they went with the um, the phone booth. Wow. And they were trying to steer away from the Doctor Who phone booth by sticking uh, by choosing a 1960s phone booth instead of a current day phone booth, which was a little bit more modern. Yeah. Still a slightly strange choice to go, oh, can't drive a wagon. It's too much like Back to the Future. But Let's just go with a telephone box. Yeah. But, but the film is very American and like Doctor Who was really a very British thing yeah. at the time. Yeah, and I think the, the, like, the visually, the, fo- like, the police box from Doctor Who image is so different from the like shitty old phone booth, And it hadn't great. really <laughs> spread to the US at that point. Right. I know yeah. it is now because of the internet yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, all that sort of stuff, but. I can't. I thought several times during the movie as they were getting into the phone booth that you just have such a low opinion these days of a phone booth. Like if you've ever had to go into uh, one, the phone's missing. It smells like someone took a piss in it. Always, yeah. Like, yeah always. Smells every like time they got in, as it got cramped up, I was like, "Ooh, just so disgusting." <laughs> yeah, to and be how in did that they all fit box. in there? Yeah, like, they could not have fit in there. Time and relative dimension in space. It's another dimension in there. Oh, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> No, it's, a, it's another dimension. He's talking about Doctor Who now. When he says oh. time and relative dimension in space, he's actually talking about the TARDIS, yes. the Doctor Who I've time machine. <laughs> I've heard of that. But in that... Only a true nerd would say the full name of it and not use the common acronym. Well, if you say TARDIS, that might not mean anything, but time and relative dimension in space might mean something. <laughs> so does the same concept apply in our time travel with Bill and Ted? Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> no, because it's weird, because at one point they've turned it on yeah, their side on their so side. that like 10 people and can like, fit in it. Yeah. And they're sort of using it like a rowboat and almost through time. Out, yeah. Yeah. And, then it, and then in the next scene it's just upright again and they're yeah. all handled yeah, back that, inside. Yeah, that caught my attention as well. I thought that was... <laughs> That's probably the only plot hole for me. But, <laughs> the only one. <laughs> the only plot hole. It's a bit of an issue for me. The rest of it I can get past. Yeah. No, I like that. I like the 80s vibe of like these just like two random people in a time machine doing shit. Like, I, I love that kind of concept. Sort of like Back to the Future, where it is just like a regular kid who gets a time machine and goes back in time and then has to deal with that. I, I feel like a lot of sci fi or time travel y things now. Uh, it's always like it's always like a government agency in control of the time machine, or it's like like really intelligent scientists. It's never just in a garage anymore. <laughs> I miss that. <laughs> this the DIY of it all. Yeah, I really <laughs> like it. <laughs> this connects to something you uh, briefly uh, referred to before, Alan, in that the movie really doesn't want to be. In in many ways, I don't think it even wants to be a science fiction movie. Like, it doesn't feel science fiction-y in that, like, they're just plucking historical figures left, right, and it seems to have no effect on history that Socrates, <laughs> Abraham Lincoln just got ripped out of their timeline. Napoleon yeah. wasn't there for his battle. Yeah. <laughs> but has it changed the world? No. No. It's, you know. Although drugs are never mentioned in this film, mm-hmm. I would put it more in the stoner film category rather than the sci-fi film category because yeah. I think there are more similarities with this uh, with like Wayne's World, Biodome, Dude, Where's My Car, those sort of films, as opposed to Back to the Future, Back to, Back the, to future. the Future, yeah, yeah, yeah. one, or... two, and three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Let's just let's just name one film. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
No, I totally know what you yeah. mean. In fact, you you would see them smoking if it wasn't a PG movie, surely. Like, the, the huge implication is that these are potheads. Yeah. Oh, totally. And I think... I don't know if I realised it when I was watching it at the time, but that's something that you realise when you're older in reflection watching it. But as a eight, ten-year-old, you got no clue. Yeah. Well, I didn't anyway. What it kind of reminds me of watching it, I was reminded of... I, I felt like it was kind of, for me, like the movie Zoolander. Like when I watched it when I was younger, I loved it. My friends, we all loved it. We watched it all the time. We quoted the whole thing. We knew it back to front. And I'm pretty sure if I watched it with fresh eyes now, I'd be like, this is the most terrible thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but you love it because it's part of your growing up. It's part of your stories. It's part of your, you know, your memories. And it actually then becomes something so important to you, even if it's actually not that good at all. Which is, I think, the case for Bill and Ted. Yeah. Aiden's got that look on his face like you just insulted something else I loved. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't really have an affinity or um, that much love for Zoolander, but I feel like you are downplaying my love for um, I really love Bill Zoolander. and Ted. I really loved it. <laughs> yeah. Let's put it into perspective. Uh, maybe this can lead us into the scores. Where does Bill and Ted sit for you in... All-time movie loves. Look, I know it's not a Godfather part two. No, I, no. I know that, but for me... On a personal level. Yeah, for me it is. Is it for, your number one? It would easy be top three. Wow. What else is in your top three? I would have to put... Um, well, I think I think in, in everyone in this room uh, would be the same in that it would be Back to the Future in the top yes. three. Yes. <laughs> And then Ellen, are you including Ellen in yeah, that? Yeah, I meant I meant our regular uh, regular <laughs> hosts Wouldn't, here. It doesn't quite make my top three. Top ten, though, I'm sure. Maybe top twenty. <laughs> but 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 I I love the dumb films. I love this genre of film. I loved all those other ones I listed before. Dude, where's my car? And Biodome and these stupid comedies. And with that in mind, probably Blues Brothers might be the yes. third one. Yeah. Yeah. Surprising. Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers is great. I Over the time film. we've been doing this podcast, Aiden, I really thought you were sort of a classical cinema man. Yep, that's me. Gone with the wind. <laughs> Frankly, my damn, I, what girl, <laughs> I've stuffed it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to the scores. After these messages, we'll be right back. All right, let's do plugs of the week. Things we've been enjoying a little bit more recently than Bill and Ted. Eden. Yes. Plug. I'm going to plug a YouTube video series called Pitch Meetings. It's by the channel Screen Rant. And it's basically uh, (laughs) uh, one guy who plays two characters. One of them is like the writer of a movie and the other person is the studio executive who is going to ask questions about the screenplay. So, for example... So, you have a movie series for me. Yes, sir, I do. It's based on this book series called Harry Potter. What are those about? Harry Potter. Right, that makes sense. Good title. Yeah, he's a boy who finds out that he's a wizard, so he enters this magical world where people are... Pretty okay with slavery. What? Yeah, a lot of wizards have house elves as unpaid servants. Wow, the wizarding world sounds messed up. Well, they have some cool stuff going on too. Oh, they do? Yeah, they have like cool spells and magical creatures. Oh, that is cool. And uh, potions that can make people fall in love with you against their will. What? Anyone in it? 
Uh, no, it's literally just this one guy playing two all? characters. The one guy thing that he said. <laughs> yeah, but like, is, is he anyone? Is, he, is there anyone that I would know? I don't think is he. I don't think he's anyone. He's just a, a YouTube guy who works with Screen Rant, and okay. uh, it's a damn funny series. The videos go for like three minutes each, Australian, roughly. US, American, American, and uh, yeah, check it out. Screen Rant's pitch meetings. Are you more or less likely to watch now, Aiden? That you know it's Austra- uh, not Australian. I don't know. I tuned out as soon as he said YouTube. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> but yeah, no, Grandpa. I would be more more inclined if it was Australian. Really? S- support our own, thank you. Which is why my plug is for the Logies. <laughs> no! no! Uh, turn his mic off! Yes. Turn his mic off! I love award shows, and I think we should support the Australian TV industry. The night of nights for the actors uh. and actresses across this great land. And the winner is... Most popular comedy personality, Marianne Fay, the comedy company Channel 10. Most popular sports coverage, the Olympic Games, Channel 10. Most popular series, Neighbours, Channel 10. Most popular comedy program, the comedy company Channel 10. Most popular actress, Annie Jones, Neighbours, Channel 10. Most popular actor, Craig McLaughlin, Neighbours, Channel 10. Low-gear award-winning entertainment, guaranteed on Channel 10. Uh, Gross. Congratulations to Dilruk Jaisinger winning the uh, best newcomer. Uh, Melbourne comedian. 193 grandmas thought you did a good job, mate. Congratulations. (laughs) Uh, Who else? Tony Martin did some great announcing on the night. I thought it was a brilliant uh, viewing night of television. (laughs) And I only plugged that because you guys were ragging on it so much before we hit record. Well, I only ended your time because I didn't want you to talk about the Logies anymore. I'm not timing anyone. Ooh. Ellen, you can have the time I took from him. <laughs> I don't think I'll need it very much. Um, I think I would like to plug the documentary on Netflix called A Year in Champagne, which is basically people wandering around France talking about champagne. Okay. It's in French subtitles and it's great. And you also learn that you can drink warm champagne, which I never knew. Warm you, champagne I mean, okay. or you should? No, no. Or... Warm is the wrong word. Room temperature stored in like a thousand year old cellar. Ooh. That's fine. Is oh, it we'll... only fine to drink it warm if it comes out of a thousand year old cellar? Or yes. can you just do this with cheap bubbly you buy from I don't BWS? Think so. I don't think the French would like it. <laughs> well, it's fine. We've all, we've all got cellars. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's perfect. It's really great. It's uh, yeah, really, really interesting. Nice. Okay. Where, do you, where can you watch that? Netflix. Oh, were oh, well, you not listening? <laughs> I... I got thrown under the bus before. Damn, I got no comeback. <laughs> Dan, what are you uh, liking at the moment? Uh, I am liking a podcast called Revisionist History with uh, Canadian journalist Malcolm Gladwell. Um, I like it for uh, some many varied reasons. The number one reason I like it is probably a bit strange. I just like his voice. It's like if I could get this guy to read me a book... I'd be in heaven. Like, if, any, if I want to hear anyone's voice, it's probably this voice. It's got, like, the heavy authoritarian tone, yet with a friendly lightness. <laughs> uh, and 
It's a fascinating podcast where every episode you listen to uh, has a totally different look at something from the past. Uh, it might be Winston Churchill's racist best friend. It might be why McDonald's fries uh, became terrible in the uh, late 1980s. Uh, or it might be uh, some sort of, you know, civil rights uh, issue from the American past. It's a really fascinating podcast. Uh, and, of course, like all good uh, historians, manages to touch modern nerves as well. And where can I download this podcast? I download it from the Apple Podcast Store, so I assume it's available in all good podcast providers. I don't, I don't, I don't know how to download podcasts. What do I do? I, I get an app or a, something. Is that what's, what's up with you today, Logies boy? You're you just trying to push people's buttons today. That's the thing. I can't, I can't work out how to push the buttons. I cannot figure it out. <laughs> Category number one is the iPhone test. Now, this is always a little bit warped by seeing it in a cinema where using your phone is generally quite frowned upon. But did you feel very engaged, very enraptured by uh, the events, Ellen? Um, I f- did feel engaged. Uh, I think enraptured would be a little strong, but I was definitely interested in... Only a fraction, though, right? ...in where the complex storyline was going. <laughs> and um, definitely had the added pressure of needing to pay attention so I knew what we were talking about tonight. That was definitely a big motivating factor. So, score? 3.5. Fair. If I was... Watching it in the cinema, a four, I would say. Like, but but um, I don't know if I'm watching it at home. What am I? Am I grading this on the cinema experience? Mm, no, just the general experience. General experience. I'm going to go three. I think it's a, you know, I think it's gripping, but uh, there's some scenes that I don't need to see. <laughs> um, clarifying question: Can I collect their points, add it on to mine, and give it a seven and a half? The that- most you can give is a five. <laughs> Six it is then. <laughs> Put you down for a five. I'm in this weird position now where I want to give a truthful score, but another part of me wants to give zeros. So Aiden has the gutting <laughs> oh, experience on. that you had with Blade oh, Runner. Please, Dan, do it. <laughs> can't we all just be nice to each other? Can't we just You be- weren't nice to Blade Runner? <laughs> it's a masterpiece. <laughs> Damn master! And also one Damn. of our lowest rated <laughs> pop cultural entertainments. If you'd like to go back it. and uh, download that episode and listen to Eden cry a lot, uh, uh, that's a good one for you. Dan, I think you owe it to the integrity of the podcast to give the score that <laughs> Where you... Where does this podcast have integrity? <laughs> uh, no, I honestly think it's, it's fast-paced. It moves quickly through lots of different scenes, lots of different historical figures. Uh, I'm giving it a four. I think it's, yeah, the pace of it keeps you engaged. Cultural significance. Do you feel like you were a more culturally aware person? You'd mentioned that some people at work were talking about it today. Yeah, and actually after watching it, I realised there were a few things that I was familiar with that I didn't realise were from the movie. Like Oh, like what? Yeah. Like um, the even just how they say excellent. They're like, excellent. Excellent. Nice. Yeah, like people do that a lot and I think they're doing it because of the movie. I when agree. they do it in that yeah. time. They might not even know that they're doing it because of the movie, but I think that that yeah. That's where came it's come about. From. Yeah. Well, Wayne's World definitely picked up on that and, yeah. and used that as well, which came out shortly after, which was kind of a parody of that, at least on Saturday Night Live. They were parodying those sort of figures. Yeah. Mm. And I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get the exact phrase wrong, but when they're like, they're kind of close off thing with like, yeah, dudes, what is that? Where they like, <laughs> <Okay>. I, 
I'll I'll field this one, guys. <laughs> Be excellent to each other. No, and party on dudes. Party on dudes. Yeah, party on dudes. I think I've heard that as well quite a lot. So what, yeah. What I, about that sort of use? Even though there's two very sort of seemingly not very uh, you know, traditionally intelligent characters, <laughs> they use uh, a very uh, wide ranging uh, bunch of. You know, adjectives and things. Did, mm. did, that, did that strike you as something that, oh, that's where this is from? The, you know, words like using heinous and egregious and, <laughs> yeah, and bodacious and, and yeah, things yeah. like that. Yeah, I think so. My I... favorite little one of those, just off the cuff before you get scored, is when they're like, I think you're handling the oddity of time travel. <laughs> you know, like just so, that. Yeah. With the greatest of ease. With the greatest yeah. of ease, yeah. So good. That was probably my favorite line, actually, in the whole, the whole film. <laughs> Mine is when um, Ted. Uh, supposedly dies. He falls down um, the stairs and Bill is leaning over his body and he says, most non-non, non-non, non-triumphant. <laughs> so good. Anyone else, I'd question whether they got the amount of nons right, but something tells me <laughs> you're well rehearsed with that. Let's get back to the score for cultural significance. I feel like I'm going to have to go with a four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eden, I'm going to go with a four as well. I think it's culturally significant. I really, I, just on the language that you were talking about before, I really enjoyed those first few scenes where they're just sort of talking to each other and constantly saying each other's name. And I, I know it just seemed the, the language in those scenes and like a few others scattered throughout the movie, I think is actually quite beautiful. <laughs> I think it's really unique and... It's almost great. slightly poetic. Yeah, it's almost like Shakespeare, but, yeah, but I didn't want to say that. But I think it, there is a poeticness to it, in, but in a modern-day culture almost. Yeah. As an improviser, you might be interested to know that apparently it came from an improv sketch that the writers were doing in, at UCLA. Oh, wow. Where they, there were three of them originally, Bill, Ted, and Bob, <laughs> and they were just playing like stoner characters who would like... Almost like maybe like a talk show or something, or they would just talk about history, oh. but in their sort of uneducated stoner way. Oh, that and sounds so, amazing. Yeah, and then they just developed it into a movie. Ah, oh, excellent. Oh, most excellent. Yeah, four four point three. <laughs> Going up point three for That's the improv right. link. <laughs> um, okay, so I can't get their points. I can't add them no, on. You can give a five if you want to, but you should also. Give scores of integrity as well. Yeah, Aiden. Don't. This is cultural significance, not personal love. Okay. Six. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. Um, no, no, I'll probably give it a four. And I do think it is hugely culturally significant because it does spawn a whole lot of films in the 90s where it's two guys acting dumb. And that's pretty much the plot line for the whole film. <laughs> and even in the Bill and Ted universe... There's two movies with a third one on the cards. It launches Keanu Reeves' career as a leading actor. And there's a cartoon series. There's a live action series. A serial, which I need to hunt down on the internet now, uh, that I learned on this episode. <laughs> so I do think it's culturally significant. Yeah, I agree too. It's interesting that you say, like, spawned a lot of the movies with two guys, you know, sort of Wayne's Weldy. But I wonder, would... Would this be inspired by, say, Cheech and Chong? I, I don't yeah, know much about Cheech and Chong, but that's a couple that. of stoner characters from earlier yeah. film history. I don't know much about them either, but I'm aware of the Cheech and Chong characters and their like series of films. Yeah, I wonder if there's a link. But yeah, I think I think you're right for for people of of a younger generation, filmmakers, writers who would have seen this as kids. I think it was probably quite influential, which is why I'll give it a four as well. Thanks. Returnability, Ellen, you've 
seen Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, will you be going on their bogus journey? <laughs> well, I think that I will, yes. Yes! Oh, All right. I think that I will. But Triumphant! I think that it will be like at home with probably a lot of wine. Okay, that's Just fair. Just to kind that of like smooth good, out the experience. That sounds like, like a really good way of doing it. I feel like yeah. that's the wrong drug to be having while watching these films. But <laughs> that's okay. Room temperature champagne. No. <laughs> I'm going to have it chilled. Returnability then for you. Would you watch this again? Are you going to go watch the... You, you said you will watch the sequel. Yeah, you I've, might watch I've, number three I then. wouldn't go out of my way to watch it again, but if someone was watching it, I wouldn't walk out and I would give it a two and a half. Mm. I'm going to go three. I'm like, uh, I've, I've seen Bogus Journey. I haven't seen the animated series and I'm not, I'm probably not going to go that far. I can lend it to you. No, I'm good. Okay. I'm good. Thanks. Um, <laughs> but no, it's a good movie and I probably will watch both of them again at some point. Probably a few more times. All right. So I can't get their points. Uh, <laughs> six. <laughs> I'm putting you down for a five. That's fair. Behave yourself. That's fair. Um, oh, it's a tough one. It's, I really loved it the first time I saw it. But the returnability is a little bit ruined for me that I actually think Bogus Journey is a crap film. It's, no! I, don't, I agree that it, I, can, I don't remember it nearly as fondly as the first. The only thing I like about it is the death character, the Grim Reaper who's out to try and kill them. Yeah. And they play a series of board games with him to try to, you know, get him to give up. Uh, if they win, that he stops trying to kill them. And that is a pretty hilarious sequence. They're playing yeah. like Battleship with Death and stuff. They but... play Twister and his hip breaks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a crap film. And it takes out all the time travel stuff, which is what makes number one so fun. Yeah, it needed to be another time travel story, I think. And that's the reason I think that they're going back to time travel, I've heard, in the third one. That is going to be a time travel movie again. I Excellent. think they've realised themselves that two was a bit off. Yeah. Bill and uh, Ted Face the Music is a the working title at this stage. Mm. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to give it a three and a half. I'm returning for three with high hopes. <laughs> but I don't ever want to watch two again. Partner friendliness, date night friendliness. Is this a good one to uh, watch on a date? Good uh, Netflix and chill type movie? I think movie? as an adult, no. Maybe as a 16-year-old. <laughs> so I would give that like a one. Yeah. A one. That's, Low. Yeah, That's I'm low. not feeling it for a date night. Is it the slightly weird thing of with the princesses? Does that lower its score? I think it's just the fact that it's just such a bad movie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> for 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 an adult watching it for the first time. Fair. I need to just yeah. justify that comment because I don't think it's bad all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. Like if you if you're if you're watching it with someone who already knows the movie and is maybe a small fan, then a great date night movie. But if you're going in cold, if you're going, hey babe, let's check out Bill and Ted. This incredible comedy. Yeah, I think you need to be already pretty much locked into that relationship before you show that movie. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go two. Yeah, I think that's generous. Yeah, (laughs) six. (laughs) Okay, Um, so we do the partner friendly test on this podcast Mm -hmm. all the time with Mm -hmm. every activity that we do. But this is actually legit a test that I do with this film. Well, well did do when I was in the dating scene. I would pull out this film and see whether 
this girl was the right one. This is how you weeded them out. This is exactly it. (laughs) Pardon the pun that you used there on the Stoner film. (laughs) Yes, I would watch this film with any potential girls. And if they could not see the funniness in it, I was like, nah, you're out. This is not for you. Um, This relationship relationship is is over. Wow. Um, So part of the friendly... Yeah, look, I, I can see that maybe it's it's not so much a film for girls. Uh, I'd give it maybe a three. I sort of think it's funny that you sort of used it to weed the girls out, but I bet a little part of them went, oh boy, he's into this film way too much. <laughs> I think they're really uh, grateful for the process. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, shout out to... Uh, no, I, actually, <laughs> I, 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 was just about, I was just about to name a girl and I know that my wife was kill me. <laughs> Continue, please, Daniel. What is your current wife's actual opinion of this? Sorry, the way you said current wife, <laughs> implying that I was that we were on the rocks look, and I was going to get another look, one. With you, uh, the, the amount of dirty old man opinions you have, I just <laughs> won't lock anything in. Um, she's tolerated them. and but did she, So she didn't love it on that first screening? I think she... Uh, I think she genuinely liked seeing how excited and how much I loved it. And I can oh, I can get sweet. on board with that because at least she can put in the effort and she can enjoy it for my sake, which is all I really want in life. <laughs> uh, someone that can enjoy the things that I enjoy. <laughs> what? Someone that can celebrate me and the things I like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you heard me. <laughs> um, um, but I don't think she's a huge fan, but I... Uh, when I did discover the cartoon series on DVD a year or two ago, um, we watched the first episode and she walked out five minutes into it. So, um, yeah. <laughs> that seems wise. Um, I, yeah, it's relatively low. Maybe if they're already a Bill and Ted fan, but something tells me Bill and Ted is particularly... Guyish. Guyish. Uh, yeah. And There's... that even a teenage girl who saw it for the first time wouldn't like it as much as a teenage boy. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty low for me. I'm going to give it a... A 1.5. All right, let's have a little quick break here while the scores are crunched. Hi, my first timers. It's Aiden here. Dan and Eden have gone because I want to tell you about another podcast I do. It's called Vinyl Soul. It's all about music and the journey it takes us on, the effect it has on our lives. And each episode, I get a different famous friend of mine, Tim Rogers of UMI, Shannon Knoll, Hallie Williams of Paramore, Dr. Carl from Triple J, Colin Hay, John Saffron, and a whole heap of others, and chat about the impact that music has had on their lives. If that sounds like something you'd enjoy, check out Vinyl Soul in iTunes Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you put podcasts in your ears. Okay, the scores are in, and no doubt aided by Aiden's somewhat dubiously <laughs> uh, ethical scoring. Yeah, I don't I'd... see the issue with giving it a six every time. I, d- I just don't see it. We have to do that for these big, significant films. I think we need to deduct some points. <laughs> Bill and Ted, with a score of 39.975, is our third highest rated Pop cultural entertainment. Victory! What? <laughs> Most. No. No. I'm so mad. Most excellent. Eden uh. <laughs> oh, is pacing the studio furious. That's impossible. <laughs> oh, my God. You must you know, have reviewed some other really bad things. I oh. dropped one of we my have. scores down to three. It wasn't that <laughs> impartial. It is uh. certainly nowhere near... <laughs> Being 
the third best thing we've seen. Like it is, it is outrating. Uh, to be honest, we have watched a lot of crap. Uh, if you want to hear podcasts about Limp Biscuit, Twilight, <laughs> Mac and Me, Cruel Intentions, Enya, <laughs> but it it's not in any way better than The Breakfast Club. No, or. No. Dirty Harry. Hey, or oh my god. Hey, beats, Gump. beats what? Hey, hey, hey. Hey, let's not argue with the scores. We all gave the scores. This is what it got. Just enjoy the film. Celebrate how great it is. I think we need a royal commission into yeah, what's going we on this definitely. episode. You do the scores. It could you be add adding. up. Your algorithm might be wrong. Yeah. No, it, it did actually get very high scores. Uh, yeah. Lots of threes, fours, and fives. Yeah. And, yeah, that's yeah. that's the breaks. Bill and Ted, the third. Uh, <laughs> I think that's the thing rated. with that movie, though. It kind of sucks you in a little bit because it's approachable, yeah, easy to watch, but also inoffensive. You kind of finish mostly, kind of. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah, you don't come back for more that much. <laughs> yeah, it's wow. almost like it's sort of. I think it's a good film, but in a way, its mediocrity has helped it out with those scores. I think. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's yeah. not strong. You don't. Le- you're not left with a really strong opinion one way or another. Yeah. Oh, All right. Man. Well, that's it. So, uh, oh. yeah, I'm I'm a bit shell shocked myself. Yeah. Before we let you go, Ellen, tell us a little bit about what is going on in your world. Uh, you you're in a dance company. Do we call it true? It's, it's a collective. A dance collective. Yes. A remnant dance. Remnant dance. Yeah. And you're off to some cheese making part of Italy on some sort of residency. Tell us about that. Yeah, that's right. So remnant dance is a a Perth based arts collective. So it's independent artists who work. Professionally, part-time, uh, collaborating on different projects um, all over the place. We've done stuff in Australia and also internationally. And yes, in August, we're off to the Telejo Valley, which is a little bit like two hours from Milan. Um, and we'll be doing um, a three-week uh, residency there with the local village. It's like this cute little place. And the Dance it's, of the Cheeses. Actually, it's the Dance of the Water. Oh. Yeah, it's on the theme of water. So they have different <laughs> themes every year. It's been... Air, wood. How, how does one uh, g- get a residency to dance in Italy? It's really hard. Okay. Yeah, we had to do a big application and we make a proposal. To this Italian town? Yeah, to the, I guess it's an organisation that, mm. that runs the residencies. And they read through our application and they liked it, which is great because we spent a lot of time putting it together. And Thanks. yeah, so it's really exciting because as an arts collective, you apply for a lot of stuff and you never get anything. Yeah. So yeah, it's a really, really amazing opportunity. If people awesome. want to see a bit more contemporary dance, remnant dance or, or anything else, what do you recommend? Well, first of all, definitely remnant dance. You should invite us to come and do things with you <laughs> because we would love to do that. Um, but there is a yeah, really cool contemporary dance kind of... Um, culture in Australia, but it's definitely not the same as you'd find in Europe or somewhere else like that, where it's a lot more popular and uh, people spend a lot more money to go see it. Whereas here, uh, people prefer to go to the football, I think, uh, which is hard, but you don't yeah. get 50,000 screaming fans at your contemporary Only at a couple of shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Normally our numbers are a little lower than that. Not every week. Yeah. 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 Exactly. But yeah, look us up. We've got stuff going on from time to time, and we can also point you in the direction of other things that are happening. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, Ellen. All the best in Italy. Thank you. Thank you. I think I'll manage. Eat some cheese. Yes. Drink some lukewarm champagne. No, that's France. You can't do that outside of France? 
And remember, it's not lukewarm. It was room temperature uh, from the cellar. So that, it depends a, on the is, cellar. That is a hair difference between lukewarm <laughs> and room temperature. I think the French and would disagree. And it's all Europe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I, I'm glad this is finishing now for that comment. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, you can do a couple of things to really help us out. A, subscribe on the iTunes store. Give us a rating. Uh, the more stars, the better. And find us on Instagram or Facebook. Stay in touch. We've got heaps more coming at you on our next episode. We are touching on one of my favourite movies of all time. Can you dig it? We are going to be watching The Warriors. Can you dig it? Yeah.